1: the year 2022 this is your host of course mike abadir and we've got a great show for you the reason we've got a great show for you is because we got a great showman we got the man we got the handicapper we got the guy who's got all the info ranging from baseball to boxing the basketball nfl and beyond great friend of mine always fun to do a show with him he was with us a couple of weeks ago we're graced by god to have him again today and of course i'm talking about pop dibiasi my man Jamil YB, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy?
2: Always a pleasure, Mike. I'm glad that I'm able to do the show with you today. Two days of talking tickets on IG. You guys can catch that on DBIC Wave underscore, and you know, just giving out plays and, get, and all that good stuff. And um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Last night we hit the uh, Cardinals on the premium plus 205. You know, six to one. It's always good when you get a two to uh, when you get a big dog and he just dominates this this so-called favorite.
1: Absolutely, man. So good work on there. The one thing I did miss in that intro is uh, also mentioning horse racing. And I know that uh, things are ramping up for you. Of course, it heats up as the summer turns to Del Mar Mm -hmm. and uh, we are there. And so, uh, you know, all you horse players out there, keep a lookout for both the shows and the plays that Jamil brings to the table for horse racing. What do you think of the Del Mar campaign so far uh, since we're bringing it up? Um, I've seen a lot of chatter on social media, by the way, that's, um, a little bit surprising because it's, it's complimentary to California racing, uh, in the field sizes and, um, and quite dissatisfied with the Saratoga field sizes so far. Have you followed the East coast and kind of what's your take on that take, uh, first and foremost,
2: Saratoga just got a lot of complaints. They made some new restaurant, everybody mad about and. It's just it's just not what they want it to be. I think that New York racing is kind of going through the same thing that uh, California racing uh, has been going through because these are high-tax states and things like that. Pandemic did shut down things for a while down there. It's out there as well, too, four-horse racing. So, you know, they're just getting back everything. Saratoga's, uh, you know, I think Saratoga's going to heat up as we move forward more into Saratoga. But I think that Del Mar is really exciting for a lot of uh, – Different trainers and things like that because they know they feel like it's an even playing field now because, you know, I do have a lot of friends in the industry and I don't want to say, you know, names or anything. They're not owners or trainers or anything, but they're just other people who are handicappers as well, too. But they have they're in other states like Kentucky and everything like that. And, you know, sometimes they feel like now. They can send their horses out here and really make these fields right. And then you got the shipping uh, wind program as well, too. So it worked out real well for Del Mar than it does Santa Anita because they're actually giving you an incentive to come out here, come to San Diego, and run down there as well, too. I just feel like over the last five years or so, Del Mar has been just lights out, you know what I mean? And then adding the uh, fall meat as well, fall going into winter meat, they, they've been doing well for their own little – they're little four really it's just what 10 at best is 10 weeks of racing there for both sessions. And I think that they've done a great, great job of continuing the great condition tradition of Southern California racing at a high, at a high clip, you know what I mean? Like last week in, for instance, I had a first timer 14 and one go, horse goes out second race. He wins. That's what Del Mar does for you. in these early weekend races where you can give yourself a shot. Our friend Doug O'Neill had a horse, uh, had a beautiful horse and told me it, And I know he didn't tell me this to, to get me off the horse. I still uh, added the horse into the group cause I love the horse's name. So pretty much the horse that won as a 31 to one. I know you knew about that one too, Mark. I know you probably had it as well. So that horse was pretty huge as well too. And, um, you know, but I felt real good about that for that four horse in a two race though because that made my day that was my long shot of the day long shot of the weekend really and it came through first timer and i always tell people all the time the angle that i use with first timers when they went against horses, when they in a maiden race against horses that ran more than twice or so most of the horses i say well, why don't we get a new kid on block a block of shot and that's what, exactly what i did
1: wow that's a handful there but that's all good stuff yeah. um you know i Love to spend a little bit more time on uh, on racing over there when you're handicapping there there was a period of time in fact several year period where anything on turf outside of the nine post was pretty much a waste of money to spend on uh, on any plays from the 12 13 14. now they said they fixed it with some of the renovations to the uh, turf course What have you seen so far early in this meet? Is there still an immense bias against the outside runners so far, or has it been noticeable, or do you pay attention to such things? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Man, I've won with plenty of horses that were uh, 10, 11, and 12 at uh, Del Mar. Especially on the turf, but I know in years past it's been just wipeouts. I know, but I think they've improved that, and everybody wants to test it out a little bit. But they got some good persons going on at Del Mar as well, too. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big reason why a lot of uh, a lot of folks are bringing their horses out here and making sure these uh, these fields are are a little are a little bit more full. Because I just don't know. I get I just got Santa Anita. At the end of the day, you can have Jerry Hollendorfer can come down there. You know what I mean? And, you know, and you got guys that just can't do anything at Santa Anita. They can come to Delmore though, and so that's why you get more horses. I just got to be gutly honest. You know what I mean, Mike?
1: Yeah, man. Um, I think you're kind of starting to get into some of the um,
2: CHRB politics, stuff. She, yeah, yeah, the CHRB and the politics all that stuff. Yeah. And the, the inside, and you know what? It's just not, it's, it's, it's not, it's more than that as well too. It's a management thing. It's just a lot of things. And I don't want to put my, you know, my favorite track on blast or anything, but I learned a lot of things about that place. And I know why there's a little bit of a bad taste in people's mouths when they deal with it. And that's why they have short fields and things of that nature, because the business that the nature of the business that goes on there. And it's like, do they really care <laughs> at the end of the day? Cause they know that. Well, you know what I think of- happened? You
1: know what I think where this all started was during that really, really bad time period, that really bad winter where it was kind of rainy and there were a lot of question marks about the surface and you had a slew of horse deaths um, and they brought in experts to analyze the track and then there were still more horse deaths and... They started getting a lot of scrutiny from a lot of the L.A. politicians and the city council and the mayor got involved. and The attorney general got involved. And that's kind of when you started seeing them make some some pretty big wholesale changes and coming after trainers and big name guys. And before you know it, the Hollendorfers are being banned from. The Stronach racetracks Golden Gate, and and Santa Anita, of course, here in California. And Hollendorfer was a mainstay at Golden Gate for
2: so many years. So you think Bro literally the owns the trainer? He tra- literally got to put him on the trainer trophy. Trainer trophy.
1: Yeah, he's like, uh, like it should be Golden
2: Hollendorfer.
1: You know what I mean? Right. Like he was like that. Hollendorfer Bays. Hollendorfer <laughs> Bays, exactly right. Right. The, um, and then, and then they kind of um, even went bigger in terms of names with the nationally known, obviously, the Hall of Famer, the white-haired wizard, um, Bob Baffert. And so we kind of saw this progression. But I think that was kind of the starting point. And, um, you know, I, I will say this. Things have gotten better in terms of the horse deaths. I think they're much lower than they were back then, obviously. But I don't think it's because they banned Hollendorf or or or, or you know, or Bafford suspension. It's because like they
2: have more testing. They have more streamers yes, testing exactly. going on. Exactly. And they got things that, that show up that, that 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 they that they report. But they're in a lot of tr- they they're in a little bit of trouble right now because they have a union in place that's like the national union. And there's a lot of times where Bob Baffer has some 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 sh- some shaky situations that were actually absolutely looked over, but that's because people pull out their checkbooks. True. but that's and, but at the but you can't punish them for that because at this point in time, C.R.B. is an independent uh, service that runs itself. So those are the things that you have to look at, and I think that's what what gets people real. It, it's just I think that at the end of the day, it has to be a better marketing uh, situation going on over at Santa Anita. And I think that if they can sell that track, just like how Gulfstream sells that track down in South Florida, they can get things going, man. And when you can have big, famous people coming out every week and not somebody who is, was, was, is, is slightly famous. I'm talking about famous, famous, you know what I mean? Big, big names, you know what I mean? But it's it, it all comes in due time. We all know that. And I think that just right now, Del Mar is just like, it's like a, it's a getaway. And you know that you're down there with classy people, and everybody's big betting. You know what I mean? You see, you kind of got the the, the, the the leftover Hollywood Park over at Santa Anita, the, the good old $2 better. You know what I mean? And I know when you go to Del Mar, they don't even speak about $2 betters. I don't even hear about $2 betters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Santa Anita, that's like the lifeblood of Santa Anita, and that room is starting to get a little bare. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. That's a good point, man. Yep.
1: That's a good point. Uh, in, in terms of the Del Mar better,
2: it's a pretty good
1: place if you want to bet into large wager, into large pools, large mm-hmm. handle. Um, have you been taking a look at the figures so far? Um, or what do you think?
2: Well, today, you know, I knew it was going to be a little, I wasn't going to say formful, but I would say it was going to be a tough card. That's one thing that I did estimate that. That's what we could be looking at is that this could be a very very tough card today, and that you would have to try to get if you're looking for some value, you would have to try to figure it out and say the stakes race or say a race that's like a maiden special weight or something of that nature or one of these maiden claiming races or one of these low claimers. You know what I mean? And you got and you had them today, but I know that this is one of those type of days you walk into the track and you want to hit a pick four, pick five, but really you just want to find one horse that you know is going to get it home for you and get it home for you at a price. But not it don't have to be 20 to 1, it can be 9 to 2, you know what I mean? 7 to 2. But something you can put $100 on and walk out and feel good about yourself. Good point. You know. Very good point. Um, you know, me, you know me, I put $20 on a 7 to 2 and I uh, you know, win the day, baby. Well, what? I was just going to I was just
1: going to ask you what are your favorite plays? I know yeah, you play pick six or pick fives or whatever, but you're kind of more of a win better, right?
2: Yeah, I like win bets because I said that win bets can t- take you home. You know what I mean? And if you feel good about say, and I, it really, I like win, play, show bets, to be honest with you. So if I feel real good about a horse, if we're doing the big races and I feel like this horse is the one, I'll go 100 across the board because I feel like we can get something home. And if I can get a show bet home, I can literally get the money back. So it's no big deal. So, you know, you look at those type of things, but I always tell people I don't like to bet a lot of money on horses and I don't like to bet a lot of money on boxing matches either. The reason I, I said that is weird that I trust team sports a little bit more with a little bit more of a wager, but I don't trust individuals with a little bit of more of a wager. You know what I mean? Unless I know I I, I got some good intel that this is going to work out very well because boxing is you know i'm very close to a lot of entities in this world and i know what's going on i'm not saying fights are fixed or anything like that but you just know how these guys are training in the gym and you know some of these guys are just it's just levels and they'll look the same on paper but then they'll get into the fight and whoever the favorite may be most times is going to be the guy that's the winner yeah. So, you know, those are the things that you look at. But I always say to myself, though, just take your time with it. And I always say to myself, if you don't want to bet a lot, just bet yourself a nice little four horse, three to four horses. That's a six to twelve dollar bet for a dollar for a box. And you'll be all right. Because you might be able to hit something big with that. You know, True. You get yourself a long shot, a middle horse, the second favorite and the favorite. And I always and you know how I do my cards. I have the key horse. The key horse can be any type of horse. It could be a 20 to one. It could be whatever. And then, you know, I'm always going to put the favorite in there because you can't. Oh, you can't just kick the favorite out. And then you always got to put the horse that you feel like is going to be is somebody who's going to be in a mix. And then you got to always throw out a horse that has another little bit more value on it as well, too. But then sometimes, you know, if you read the form right, everything works out right for you. Because then you just have to. Sometimes you have to go ahead and get the best four horses in a race together, so you can get yourself some quick money. That usually happens in race one or two. Mhm. Yeah. So you know, just a little bit of bet angles for all our little, for our horse racing uh, betters and everything like that. I know that they really don't want it because one funny story I can tell you about the track, Mike. Give it this, to me. And you can tell. And you can, t- and you can uh, vouch for this. Um, You know, me being a handicapper that I am, I said, I I went up in there. This is when I was when I was first selling my stuff, you know, about six, seven years ago. I'm over at Santa Anita, you know, Chrome had just won and, you know, all that shit, all that stuff was happening. And, you know, so I was at the track a lot. You know what I mean? So I would go to the track and i would be like, all right, man, well, looks like I can get this three horse home. And then, and I remember it was an owner who was next to me he said, damn, everybody at the track thinks they know who the winner is. Everybody's a, a, a handicapper and a this, that and the third. Everybody got a list. So it doesn't really matter what you're talking about. And then the horse that I did pick proceeded to win. It wasn't his horse, but I did have the horse and the guy was like, but look, he's pretty good, though. You know what I mean? So I always listen. I always laugh about that, and I always li- think about let them ride. And I said that this is a room full of opinions. So do not argue with anybody on who they like for horses, and do not argue with anybody on how they feel about your approach to horses. Just go ahead and bet your money on the damn ticket and hope that your horse wins.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, look, the, the whole arguing thing is kind of a futile conversation. I never even engage in that kind of BS on Twitter or anything like that. you know this horse or that horse or whatever i mean look the reality of it is this it's kind of similar in terms of how i view sports wagering any team truly can beat any team on any given day and here's the reason for it the level of separation between the top and the bottom in most sports isn't that dramatic especially the the middle in the middle tier there i mean like even in baseball Look at how quickly the Orioles have advanced. And we'll talk MLB in a little bit here because it's been a fantastic season. But I look at the horses the same way. I mean, look, if you've got a group of like $10,000 claimers, that probably means their final times are probably all within like a certain variance, okay? So then it becomes more about the trip. And some horses, of course, put, get themselves in more trouble than others and situate themselves you know, better or worse. And then, of course, when you go up from the claiming ranks all the way to the grade one runners, not a lot separates a lot of these grade one runners, man. You know, all it takes for a 20 to one bomb to come in is maybe uh, a, a challenging trip on the favorites part. It opens the door to everybody else. So, I mean, my point is this. Anybody can make an argument for any horse. You got to just stick with what your gut tells you. Because if you start listening to other people, that's how you get yourself into trouble. And so that's kind of a long way of saying it's really futile to even have those kind of debates or arguments or whatever. I agree with you 100%. I just don't even pay attention to it. Like, yeah, man, good luck. (laughs) And and you can move forward. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't mean anything.
2: Right. But I just thought that was so funny that everybody's an expert until the race race is done. If you do this, if you do it right. The only and there, but there's a lot of people that come and they have no clue what they're doing. So they'll stand next to you for three races and figure it out. But even, even,
1: yeah, well, that's, that's true. But like, yeah. it's funny to me though, how many, how many guys who have never even ridden a horse uh, are so critical of jockeys on social media. It's unbelievable. Bad trip by this guy, bad trip by that guy. They're always blaming the jockeys. And look, I'm sure jockey error happens But, I mean, at the same time, I've never been on a 1,200-pound animal running 35 to 40 miles an hour with 11 other horses right around me kicking up dirt. And you're going in an oval and trying to get best positioning. So, for me to be able to be like, oh, John Velasquez did this wrong or J.J. Hernandez or whatever, come on, man. Like, they have to make split-second decisions and their lives are on the line. The horses' lives are on the line. I think I just kind of find it humorous when they're totally bashing away at jockeys. Anyways, let's pick up on that thought right after this quick commercial timeout. More with Pop DiBiase. We'll talk some baseball. We'll also kind of free flow talk, a little bit more horse racing as well. You get it all with Pop. Remember to check out his selections and his work. On the other side of the break, we'll give you all the information again. Stay with us, everyone. More right after this.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Wanna play the ponies and win?
1: Back uh, with uh, Jamil Pop DiBiase on the Mike Abadir show, talking a little horse racing, talking some Del Mar, talking some Saratoga. You brought up the fact that a lot of people don't like the restaurant. I don't really understand what the issue is with that restaurant. Uh, now, I've never been to Saratoga Live, um, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what it was that bothered people about it. Um, I know that it's an old-ass racetrack. I mean, I think it's been around since 1860s or something like that, 1870s. Right, right. So. Um, anytime that you touch Wrigley field or Fenway park or, you know, anything that's so old like that, people are up in arms. I remember people were up in arms when Fenway park decided to add seats on top of the green monster. Um, but now it's loved. So I don't know if it's one of those things where they're going to end up growing to like it or not, but I can't really comment on it because I have never been there and I don't have that kind of nostalgic feeling about it. But I mean, look, man, everything's got to get upgraded at some point. I mean, if the Yankees, tore down the house that ruth built i mean and it means anything is fair game right
2: right and i'm just saying to myself that they want to make some money over there and people just are scared change mike that's all it is man we're in 2022 right now and people just don't want to go into the jetsons phase yet bro that's all it is they kind of want to hold on to the little, little old old things that literally are 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 the the are literally on their last legs but still let's just keep carrying it on very true you you know it's just like with these these guys they've been retired for five years you say well they still got it i think no (laughs) they don't that's why they retired because they want to do something different yep stop forcing the situation you know what i mean so that's what it is people just can't and let me and i know i'm gonna piss some people off but i i agree with it i agree with this statement as well too his over because it's happened i've agreed with it over time i had to go ahead and assess it right but let's just use one great example michael jordan and lebron james come on you think about it and you say to yourself well okay well you know lebron's never going to be as great as mj You know what I mean? And and it doesn't matter if he went to eight finals or nine or ten finals. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if he did this, that, and the third. He's never going to be better than this guy. Because people just don't want to change because they just so in love with the NBA on NBC in the 90s. Because once you start talking about Jordan, then you start talking about Kobe and Shaq. And then when you start talking about LeBron, you start getting fussy. You know what (laughs) I mean? Because you love the NBA on NBC. You don't like it on ABC because they dress it up as a soap opera. You know, NBC made it be like, well, it's cool to be a a basketball player. Come on, Mike. I know he was even running out there trying to be a, a hooper with dreams of playing for the Kings for about five minutes.
1: Bob Costas and.
2: Yeah. NBA, NBA on NBC made kids really want to be NBA stars. Seriously. You want to have your picture and your video. That's why I keep saying NBC, if they were to make the investment back into the NBA, it would be a success. It would be a, a, a killer success. I know that they did let it go because honestly, this is how great. This is why they say MJ is the best. Because when MJ left the game, NBC literally got out the NBA business because they bought into the NBA business for Michael Jordan. And then when Michael Jordan bailed out of the NBA, they tried to keep it going as long as possible. And then they said, uh, it was just, ah, uh, we're losing too much money. Ain't nobody watching no more because Jordan was gone. And he said about my, um, what did they say, Mike, about 40% of the ratings went down when Jordan left. So that's why people say Jordan is the best. And that's where that's the biggest stat of them all the viewership of the situation. Very good point, man. Yeah. You know, I don't want to hog the show, Mike. Come on, man. No,
1: man. No, look, I'm, I'm, I'm loving everything that you're saying. It makes a lot of sense and taking me back down the memory road. And you know, today's a free flow show and for anybody that listens to the show regularly, they all know that this show is not scripted. Obviously there are notes and they, um, you know topics that uh, we try to hit on but there's sometimes where it's just complete free flow barbershop talk People like that. I've been told that sometimes they like the barbershop talk mo- The most of any of the shows that we put on Um, so I like that you're just kind of flowing man thought to thought giving us What's in your head because you've been a sports giant for a long time and I don't say that about anybody uh you know, for your listeners out there, again, I was talking about the separation between the top teams and the bottom teams. The separation between guys in the media, maybe at ESPN or Fox Sports uh, or or without a lot of visibility, sometimes there's not a lot of difference. It's just this guy got an opportunity and that guy hasn't gotten it yet. And I think that Jamil legitimately is one of those that belongs. And um, I know that one of these days we'll be seeing his uh, his face and his – gift of gab um on a a variety of networks if he chooses to do so so i'm just honored and glad to have him on here with us so my friend you take the helms you take it wherever you want to go If you want to talk more about nbc i'm all good with that um nba is lucky though man because tnt has really been embraced i think the cast that they have is really really good They've been getting, you know, um, awards for uh, primetime television. And um, who, would, who would have thunk it, right? You know, Shaq, Barkley, Kenny Smith, Ernie. Um, but it worked. and Because I say who would have thunk it because if you look at the NFL, for example, when they've tried to bring in like Jerry Rice and Emmett and some of those legends, it just didn't, it just didn't feel right, man. It wasn't entertaining.
2: Right. But we can't say that the Fox morning show has been good, or we could just say they've been split up for a while, but JB and Terry Bradshaw were together almost 20 years. Cause they went from CBS to Fox together. And then, yeah, you know,
1: Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Howie, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Tony Gonzalez. Now more recently, you know, yeah, that's, they, they do a fantastic job as well. Um, I also, Really like the um, I kind of spaced out for a second there. But I know MLB Network does a good job. I like Fox's uh, baseball with uh, Smoltz. You know, I think he does a good job. And then when um, when, uh, they go back to this football season, they're going to be without their top team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the NFL because Aikman and Buck are gone. They're going to be doing Monday Night Football. That'll be really interesting. It's we'll so, get those guys
2: on Monday, Mike. To me, it's okay because they got somebody there now that I think that will be absolutely epic, and his name is Gus Johnson. That's okay. That's fine. I think Gus Johnson to leave and uh, to uh, will be excellent as the top team, if they are the top team.
1: Here's the here's the interesting thing about football is that because they rotate See, it's it's, it's fairly different like then baseball has its own announcers you know unless you have like right. a game of the week or something right so you kind of get used to um uh davis or, or uh steiner or oral hersheiser or those guys those are your guys with the dodgers you're gonna live and die with them throughout the year football it's just a rotation you, you, don't, you don't always get the same guy Your former
2: employee though, Mike, Greg Papa Radio
1: That's just for the radio, yes I'm
2: talking about the television Oh, on oh, the television, television. oh yeah, because you do got the television till. My bad, go ahead
1: Yeah, yeah, on the t- with the TV stuff You're going to get like a rotation of guys So some right, weeks right, you may get like right. a, a What's his name? Trent, uh, the quarterback No, I'm blanking on his last name But, you know, you're going to get this rotation of um, announcers So uh, my point is, I don't really fall in love with necessarily any team now the one thing that they've done is instead of rotating instead of having the same announcers cover a team they assign an announcers for a time slot nowadays right so like nbc sunday night football al michaels etc you know uh monday night football now is going to be aikman and buck that type of thing and you know it's I don't know. What do you think? Do you look forward to Monday Night Football more because of somebody in the announcers booth? Or does it really not matter to you? And you're going to be watching regardless anyways.
2: You know what? The Monday Night Football matchup has to be one that interests me because I can go ahead and watch the uh, score on my phone. Cause that's how Monday night football is to me nowadays. I feel like a lot of times that they do not do a good job putting together a great Monday night football matchup to me. If you don't have night games as your showcase games, it has to be between teams that are, that you feel are going to be really good. Monday night football is to cater to everybody in the NFL. You know what I mean? So everybody's going to get a game on Monday night football almost literally every season. You know what I mean? Just like Thursday night football, everybody gets a game. You know what I mean? Because every they, they it's really just divisional games for Thursday night football. We both know this, Mike. Like look at the majority of games that are played on there. I think they play about possibly like ten divisional games. So those yeah, teams,
1: doesn't it seem like every week is like Cleveland, yeah, Baltimore
2: yeah. Or, or right? It's a Cleveland Baltimore, or then it's a Jacksonville. Yeah. they're always gonna do Jacksonville and Tennessee. Yep. or Jacksonville, and they're always going to do Jacksonville As and somebody Houston else in the something. division. They're Houston. never going to have yeah. Jacksonville play against, say, the, the Chiefs. They're going to always have Jacksonville play against somebody in the South. Yeah. AFC South, you know what I mean, which is boring. Well, it's kind of funny <laughs>
1: you say that, by the way, because I would say that for the most part, Thursday night, even Sunday night, although Sunday night may be the best, um, and Monday night have kind of been duds over the last few years.
2: Now There's Sunday the night they do try really hard to put the matchups together where you get a Mahomes versus Allen and you'll get um, you know, uh Herbert versus uh the and you know what? NBC was, was literally like they were spoiled because I think they did about five games in LA by himself on yeah. Sunday night on Sunday night football. So I know that they had so That was a way to where it kind of sufficed that, okay, we can keep doing games in the LA market to make up for these other games in the first half of the season that aren't going to be good. Well, keep something in
1: mind, keep something in mind. They were so bad at putting together these matchups, like you're talking about for so long that the networks had to demand for that flex schedule in the second half of the season. Like that flex thing is relatively a new thing in the last couple of years. Um, that way they can flex in, you know, the Chiefs and, and the Bills because they're both 9-3 and three and and Mahomes and Allen are hot. And they could flex out the team that lost their quarterback for the year. You know, that type of thing. So that's probably the best thing that they could have done because for a while there they were in bad shape. I think Monday Night Football, and Thur- I don't think you could do it with Thursday because, you know, you kind of have to you set up all the buys and everything based on you know, that early game, the Thursday game and the week, so, um, but. oh, yeah, if
2: there anything during the week is set, but Sundays they can they can play with it, you know that, Mike. Yeah, because so you
1: can move it from
2: you can play with it on Sunday. So, everything on Monday and Thursday is set because that's a national television, that's contracts, it's everything. But Sunday night football is just a part of the Sunday schedule. So, Sunday gets moved around a lot. You have games that were supposed to be at one o'clock in the afternoon get shot shot back to four because I feel like that'll be a better uh spot for that game later on. That's what they that's what happens when you do the flex it, uh, uh It's just not teams flexing into the night game. Teams are flexing all over the place.
1: Yeah, exactly right. No, 100%. 100%. So it's kind of funny because you and I earlier in the week were talking about how great of a baseball season it's been. But we've been kind of uh, talking about uh, things all over the board, even down to matchups and and announcers booths. But I do want to talk some baseball, a couple minutes of it before we get to the break and then more afterwards, of course. But uh, let's just start by going back in time uh, a few days and uh, give me your thoughts on the all-star game being in Los Angeles and, and the home run derby and the game itself. Uh, What, what are your general impressions of uh, a few days ago?
2: I thought the all-star game was excellent. I just think, I think that the game itself did it because they did a lot to build up the game, but they it wasn't enough to, to say, okay, if you're a fan, I want to get, be interested in it because you didn't get the stars to be stars. It was just a lot of pitching. That's all it was. And it just showed where the MLB is at at this point in time. It's just great pitching going on in, in the MLB. And if there's not great pitching going on, it's some great hitting going on and great hitting, um, you know, needed it, to me it always needs to show up in an all-star game. You need to get at least five runs a piece. You know what I mean? So people can be entertained. You know, you can get a big home run from the big stars so people can get to know these folks. Because, see, All-Star Game, man, we used to have the usual suspects, and that's why we used to love – that's why everybody used to love baseball all year long because your favorites would always be in these All-Star Games. The All-Star Game is moving parts now. They got a lot of different guys in this All-Star Game. They won't even be on a roster next year, some of them. And then you say, how well, he ain't going to be on the roster?" Well, because just that's the politics of the game. And the guy, he might have not been good after uh, the All-Star game. we me give you a great example. Jonathan Broxton. He went ahead and got the first save for the National League in about a decade. And then proceeded to have probably the worst second half he could possibly have. You know, the Dodgers still made the uh, playoffs and all that good stuff. The next season, you know, Broxton was due for a monster contract. He was the closer before Camley Jensen and actually had better stuff than Kenley Jensen, you know, in the come-up. But what happened, though, was Broxton didn't get – he didn't get the closer deal he thought he was going to get. Wound up going to Kansas City, and I think he was done after half a season. Like, literally done. Done. You know what I mean? I think he did a season, and that's all I heard. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, so, that. So, so, you know, that's what I what, what I said. I think, that, I think that it was a lot of – of, of, of invitation i think that they wanted to show, they were trying to show the diversity of the game and everything like that but i don't think that you have to keep reminding everybody of the diversity of baseball you know what i mean i think baseball is slowly coming back and having its way to where it's 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 just about really great players playing and uh we don't have to worry about you know if this this race is playing or if that race is playing i think that Baseball is in a really good place right now, and I think that LA showed that. And I think with the with a lot of the uh, attention going towards Jackie Robinson and everything like that, and you know Mookie and things uh, of that nature, I think that it was able to send a good message to a lot of the youth that baseball is 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 inviting you to get here. But people have to understand baseball is the toughest sport to make it in, man. And that's why a lot of people ain't playing baseball right now, to be honest with you. But I think that the people are steering their kids more back towards it because I think where the time we grew up in, Mike, we all play baseball. So a lot of these parents are our age now, so they're pushing their kids towards baseball, and and they see how good they are, and they see how safer it is compared to the other sports as well, too, you know, injury-wise and physicality as well, too. So, you know, those things are kind of playing into a part, and that's why I think baseball is really exciting right now because, you know, these kids are lucky, Mike. They get to have all-year-round leagues. I'll be seeing that stuff every day now. Like, how are you still playing in uh, September and Little League ends in June? <laughs> yeah. You no, know. make a
1: good point, man. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a quick pause, quick timeout, final timeout. We'll come back on the other side, talk some more MLB, talk some trade deadlines, see what we can expect over the next few weeks. Stay with us. We're talking, of course, to Pop DiBiase, and we will be back right after this.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Back with Pop DiBiase for the final segment here on the Mike Abadier Show, talking some Major League Baseball. And we just finished recapping the All-Star Game and uh, a little bit of storytelling from that. L.A. obviously has been a place that's been uh, smack dab in the center of the sporting universe, starting with the Super Bowl, onto the MLB All-Star Game. Um, of course, we've had some World Series here over the last few years. Um, we're getting the World Cup. Uh, Followed by the Olympics. So it's going to be a good, you know, eight year stretch for the city of Los Angeles in terms of mega sports. All eyes on the from the world are going to be here. Um, Moving on, though, to the team on the field in L.A. or the teams on the field in L.A. looks like the Angels and the Dodgers are going completely different directions. There's even talk, speculation, that the Angels maybe could consider moving on from Shohei Ohtani. They got some really bad news about Mike Trout yesterday. He's going to be out for a while, maybe even for the year, although he came back and said, hey, slow your roll. I'm going to be okay. Um, Angels have just imploded, man. It's crazy how 180 degrees we've seen the Angels' optimism from like 60 days ago till today. Like completely different universes uh, versus Los Angeles, they hit some road bumps here and there with the Nationals and you know teams like the Pirates. I think they kind of lose their focus a little bit. But what do you think is going to happen in this trade deadline? The Yankees struck first by pulling the trigger for Andrew Benitendi from the Kansas City Royals, who has been uh, hitting really well this year. Hitting probably as well as people expected him to do when he came up with Boston. There were some big expectations. He's kind of fulfilling those now with, with the Roy- with the with the Royals, and he's going to have to be fulfilling them with the uh, Yankees under the pressure of a uh, playoff drive here. So they've struck first. W- where 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 do you see all this headed? There's some Juan Soto rumors. Uh, I've kind of thrown out a lot there from the Angels to the Dodgers to the Yankees to Juan Soto. What are you thinking is going to happen at this trade deadline?
2: First and foremost, who cares what the Angels are going to do? Seriously. I feel like if they trade any of their stars, they free them. Let's be honest now. Because Shotani, I, I can understand getting rid of Shotani because you can't afford him. You're not going to be able to pay Shotani and pay my truck. You want to pay him, but you're not going to pay him. You know what I mean? You're not gonna pay him because you're not winning games. It's that simple. You're not you're not gonna pay him. So you're you're gonna let that dream go. You're gonna say, okay, that was great. And see if you can get if they can land a bunch of prospects for him, he's gone. Cause I think that's what the Angels are thinking about now. Let's go ahead and boost up the farm. Why are the Dodgers so much better? Why are the Dodgers in the playoffs year in, year out? Why is their manager winning 95 to 100 games yearly? Because they can call down to the farm and bring up a, a, a dominant pitcher. They can bring up a new hitter. They can do all this stuff. The Dodgers have hitter. They have players on call. It just doesn't it seem like the Angels have it like that. The Angels had to dip into free agency a lot. They got a chase. They got Rendon. They thought that was awesome, but they forgot they don't play in the NL. Radon had himself a monster season because he's playing with Soto, who was excellent. And he was playing with Trey Turner, who was excellent as well, too. So he had a lot of things working in his favor to make him a dominant hitter. So, you know, the Angels, it's like who cares at the end of the day? This team has had the opportunity to impress us, and they just can't do it at the end of the day. They got two players, Shotani and Trout and after that it's just okay who else who are these other who are these people on the angels nobody cares you know what i mean because they don't win games and they don't play good baseball i watch the angels a lot even though they play very well against the uh, royals this week they actually swept them i think too but the royals are this one of the worst teams in the league so the, you know, and they're cleaning house right now as well, too. But I don't think the Angels are in a position to really want to clean house yet, but they know they're not making the playoffs. That's the whole thing. So the Angels, let's go ahead and scratch them out now because they're not doing anything. Mike, they're just – it, it, you're freeing people if you let anybody go. Now, Detmer's – that's something you can build on. He's a good – that's a very good player right there, uh, their pitcher. He's going to be very good down the road. But other than that, who are they? It's like, bro, like, seriously, who are they? You know what I mean? Like, you don't know anybody on the a- Angels. I don't hear them talk about anybody other than tiny and Trout. That's it. And Dapner's had a no-hitter. That's it. Then you have the Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers are just laughing. That's all they're doing right now because the Dodgers are sitting here feeling good, feeling great. Best team in the NL, finally caught up with the Mets. You know, uh, Dodgers do have one twenty out of their last twenty-four, and they dropped two in a row this week against uh, Washington. But that was expected because it was a cool-down point for the Dodgers. And then, you know, pretty much they're running away with things, uh, right now. They got to sit. You know, they're they're up four on the Mets. They're up ten on the, uh. The Milwaukee, and then when it comes down to their their division, they're up ten and a half games on every uh, on everybody in that in their division as well too, including San Diego and San Francisco, who's now has a losing record. San Diego, San Francisco has been playing really bad baseball over the last few weeks. So you know the Dodgers are on cruise control right now. All they doing is trying to chase that uh, number one spot and solidify that bye Since we're gonna have six teams in the playoffs this year, from what I saw, so the Dodgers are just trying to solidify that bye. That's all they trying to do is get that by and move on down the road so then they can just be rested and prepared for when this when this uh John starts to try to get to these yankees now yankees 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 are running away with this thing but they may not be able to be the first seed though i'm not saying they might not be the first seed but houston's heavy on their tail and houston has dominated the yankees this season let's keep it real They went to the Bronx, beat up on them, and and the Yankees went down to Houston and they beat up on them there. But the games have been really close. So I think when they get to the playoffs, the Yankees beat them. But right now, Houston's playing just like the Dodgers. They're a machine. They just know how to go about it, and they know how to approach this thing. The Yankees are playing as a machine, too, but sometimes I feel like the Yankees are playing with house money because every team in the AL East has a good record. But every team in the AL East has ran into a a real rough time of the season as well, too. The Yankees haven't lost five, six, seven, eight games in a row like everybody else. Blue Jays had a point where they lost 10 in a row. Your Red Sox got scorched for about 12 in a row, I think, at one point. But they won 15 in a row at one point. And then you have the Rays, who have just been very, very up and down all season. They're not the team that we've seen the last few years with a dominant pitching staff and a consistent hitting group. Even though they're 53 and 46, they've struggled a lot here in the last uh, month or so. And then um, Baltimore has been, wow. And I'm going to make you a little mad right now, Mike, but they've overtaken your Red Sox, but your Red Sox can still lead the the NL Central right now, so they're not in a in bad shape. They only would be three behind in the three, NL Central. But the thing is, though, Baltimore ripped off a twelve game winning streak as we went into uh, the All Star break. Nobody talked about it. I know because I profited a little bit off off about seventy percent of those games because I saw how hot they was getting. I said, you got to get it. You you can't get off Baltimore until they lose. <laughs> so. That's
1: a, that's a good way to approach baseball, by the way, is right. uh, a, 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 a very uh, a veteran handicapper once told me the best angle I could ever give you is play streaks. Teams on winning streaks, play them. Teams on losing streaks, play them. And it makes a lot of sense in baseball because you slump or you're hot. And so you kind of ride the wave of that. And if you were on Baltimore, man, then you did a real good job. So congrats on that. Where do you think Juan Soto ends up? That's obviously going to be the biggest name. There's a bunch of relievers that are going to be moving. I'm pretty sure David Bednar, who's probably the Pirates' best uh, you know, asset that's up for free agency, he's going to be on the move. Um, but wh- where do you think Juan Soto ends up?
2: Hey, this would be funny, but what if Seattle was able to, to do something for them? Cause I think Seattle has the pieces. Cause I'm saying that Seattle won 14 in a row, 54 and 45. And at one point they were, they had a, they, they were well under 500. So they won 14 in a row going into to the uh, all-star break as well too. They were killing it as well. Um, but I would say that that's just like a team that maybe might want to be on a come up and do something crazy. Um, uh, because they can put him with their new kid on the block, J. Rod now, Julio Rodriguez. So you wouldn't know,
1: that can, be something, man? That would if they be had crazy. Soto, if, they
2: would, if they said, okay, let's invest in it now,
1: that'd be nuts, man. If they got that would mean that they would be probably in the best position that they've been since they had Griffey, A. Rod, and the big unit. But if, as
2: much they, as you got to give up for that deal, though, you got to give up so much for it. But at the end of the day, does it doesn't matter because ha- what have your prospects been doing? Think about that part. That's what, the, that's what the Yankee argument is right now. It doesn't really matter who's killing it in the minor leagues. It ha, what have they done for us lately?
1: True. Well, and here's the thing, because I know a lot of players uh, – players? A lot of fans in L.A. are uh, talking about Juan Soto getting excited about it and stuff, but realistically, I mean, do, I know the Dodgers have unlimited money, but in terms of the uh, luxury tax threshold and things of that nature – I mean, can their payroll accommodate Mookie Betts's contract and Juan Soto's contract? I think it would be the first time ever that we've seen the two biggest contracts on the same team at the same time. Um, although some teams are going to be up against that very same thing pretty soon. You know, the Yankees are going to have to decide whether to have Stanton and Judge. The Angels are going to have to talk about whether they are going to be able to keep Trout and Otani. The Dodgers have a lot of other big contracts, too. And you're talking about Trey Turner and a bunch of other guys who are making some dough. I don't know if Juan Soto ends up in L.A., man.
2: Right. but if And I'm going to tell you like this. If Juan Soto was to be traded to the Dodgers in any situation, they're not giving him an extension off top. He's going to play out the next two years of the the deal. The Dodgers will not extend anything.
1: Well, if that's the case, do they need him to get to the
2: World Series? At the end of the day, they don't. They because be look, dead. they're 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 winning all these games, and they
1: even ha- they even haven't had contributions really from Muncie or or Turner yet. So once those guys get going, and you know, eventually they will. They, I don't to, think they need Soto.
2: Turner's heating it, heating up. Muncy is. Muncy's always going to be a guy that you gonna, you can trust in the playoffs. Chris Taylor will be back, and you know what makes it real easy for the Dodgers to not chase uh, Juan Soto right now. And nobody's saying this, but Trace Thompson has been such a good player off the bench. He actually stepped in for him. Edwin Rios, who I've been high on the last three or four years, but Edwin gets hurt every single season. Now, he could be a guy that could be a big piece into the Soto deal, but I don't want if I I heard Freeman the other day, Freeman said that he wants to be trade free. Period, point blank. He says that he said that the Dodgers have given up a lot of good prospects over the last few years, and what do we have to show for it? And he said that you got to start balancing future and current roster. And he said that we got a bright future down there. We don't want to keep risking things so we can keep trying to chase, you know, have people chase rings and then they're not committed to the team like that. You know what I mean? And that's i.e. knowing that you don't want to deal with Scott Borders. You feel what I'm saying? Because that's why Trey Turner hasn't got an extension yet, yeah, because Ch- Scott Boris is his uh, agent.
1: That's so, a, that's a good point. And the other thing to consider, too, is this, um, you know, and I understand what he says when he's talking about, you know, getting rid of guys and stuff, um, you know, because they, they got Machado and they got Scherzer and they didn't win World Series th- that those years. Um, great conversation. We're actually at the 30 second warning mark. So got to wrap it up. Thank you so much, uh, Pop. Always love having you. Uh, you guys got to check them out. Thank you for all you listeners. Without you, there's no show. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.